On this episode, we talk about title, Instagram's evolution, we also talk about QR codes, and Star Wars versus Star Trek. You ask questions, and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. Do you want to uh, get a camera and get like some content? Like sure. meaning either either angle video content or just pictures for like stock stuff? Let's go into it while we got him out of there. So then he has to walk in for the show and don't edit any of this. Right from the beginning where I told him to get some content. Right Vayner Nation? Hey everybody, this is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 92 of the Ask Gary V Show. Episode 92, I I love the number 92 because one of my favorite all-time Jets, Sean Ellis, wore the number 92. And when I think of Sean Ellis, I think about the great 2000 draft where we got Lavernius Coles and Chad Pennington and John Abraham and Sean Ellis, which became the foundation of the Jets' solid run in the early 2000s. And so um, what makes that happy and exciting for me is that obviously the Jets just had their draft. As a matter of fact, maybe we should edit some of the content in. I'm over over here, I, I know it was funny that he came, but uh, maybe we should, can, D-Rock, there's some footage, like some, like. We're gonna read him. The first appearance of our man. There he is. Yeah! Yeah! And uh, I think the Jets just had the best draft they've had since I've been a fan. I'm ecstatic with the New York Jets draft this year, and I want to welcome all the youngsters to the Jets team. Um, what else? Uh, had a great weekend. It was my mom's 60th birthday. Big shout out to Tamara Vaynerchuk. That was super fun. Uh, spent a lot of time with the kids. The big fight. It was just really nice. The weather on the East Coast. Today's weather is insanity. Uh, played some basketball this morning. It was a lot of fun. India. Weird. India. Let's get into the show. Dan asks, will QR codes ever really take off? This question because of a couple of reasons. One, the answer is no, not in America. Two, I took the question because I want to give the Vayner Nation the answer to why. The early use of QR codes in America, the first time we all saw them with smartphones, have you ever done a QR code, India? I've never really used one because they're all on the subways and I don't right. them underground. And so you've never done it? You've never done it? No. Stefan, yeah. have you ever done it? Mm-hmm. For what? We had back in the business cards days. Yeah. Like on the business Got it. So, What's interesting to me is it took off in South Korea and other places where the early execution, the first 10,000 executions of QR codes in that market brought value. It was like you could buy stuff from the subways, uh, you could get really interesting exclusive content, it was utilitarian, it was entertainment. In America, marketers ruin everything, the very early QR codes where you take a shot of the QR code from a branding standpoint, the big mass early stuff that we saw a half decade ago and it would show people a YouTube video of the company's television commercial. So the reason QR codes won't take off is they've been branded, ingrained in our collective heads as something that doesn't bring us any value. And so when something establishes itself as not valuable, we don't go back to the well. If email started off as just being spam and marketing, we wouldn't be there and it would have never evolved. At first it was a communication, social media. It's on and on and on. And so QR codes, unfortunate for the QR code gods, did not have the right execution in the US market and the hill is too big to climb, in my opinion, for it to really take off. Now look, 
Could a QR execution come along in the next 24 months that's so incredible and resets the value prop around it, a la Snapchat, which they just did it. Let's throw up my Snapchat QR code so you can follow me real quick. Um, you know, but even that I think was really significant. The hottest app doing it, a lot of us doing it. Maybe right now it's bubbling up that it will happen. So it's not far-fetched that it has a prayer based on something like that. Uh, but in general, my prediction is no. And if somebody does something great, we'll replay this answer and I'll eat crow. Matt asks, what's your take on what Jay-Z is trying to do with Tidal? Do you think it will work? Matt, the, the, what, I, what Jay-Z's doing with Tidal is what every good entrepreneur that has brand equity in the consumer marketplace should be doing, which is leveraging their brand equity to bring enormous exposure to something that they disproportionately make more money on than if they were using somebody else's thing. This is something that should always be going on with the pseudo triple A-list celebrities. They should always own. They shouldn't be the face of a cognac or a champagne. They should own it. They shouldn't be a, a, a face or be on a platform for music. They should own it. Whether it's gonna work or not, I have no idea because the truth is for me to give a really good answer, I need to see the team that's actually executing the business. right? Just because you're a big time star and you bring your big star, time star friends along doesn't mean the business is gonna succeed. What's, what's gonna happen is if the operators, and I, I, I don't know what Hove is doing with his time but I have a feeling he won't be the CEO of the platform so you know, he's an executor, the management team that's in place is going to determine its success. I had personal brand equity as a social media voice at a very small level. I'm not even, try, trust me, I'm not trying to compare myself but I was a tri- triple Z-list celebrity but within a little world, the social media world, I had a little equity and if my management team, if I, if we didn't execute properly, we would have lost. There, there's a lot of people that use their fame as the match, the match to, uh, to make something happen but it all comes down to the stake. The sizzle's there, there's exposure, we all know what it is. There's a million music services without a front man like Jay-Z and the other people that we'd never know. So it's got its chance. A lot of people check it out. A lot of times it's not as strong as what's in the marketplace. Spotify and, and RDO and all these other things have big legs up. iTunes, they all have much longer time. You know, so they're further ahead. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm sure everybody's gonna write it off. People are already writing it off as dead. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next 36 to 48 months, but a tremendous lesson for everybody watching and listening to this show is it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish, right? And so, it, you know, what I'm most curious about is that there's cynicism around its success because a lot of famous people try to put their name on things. I look at Jay-Z as a uniquely strong businessman. If he's got infrastructure underneath him or the right players are in place for title in the next 24 to 48 months, it has a chance of doing something. I just don't know what's under the hood. Nice. I feel deep today. Yeah. Good. Good, India. Um, Glad you're excited. Sally asks, hey Gary, did you decide you wanted to sell your services to the big Fortune 500 companies versus consumers first and then come up with VaynerMedia? In other words, did you choose who you wanted to sell to first to maximize your profits and then come up with the business model? Sally, this is an interesting question. I'm a very big fan of counterpunching. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people lay out business plans, they know what they want to do, they go and do it, and they go raise money or they go and execute it and that's how they roll. Uh, in lieu of the tremendous fight this weekend, which it was boring to the masses, but it was a tremendous fight for me because 13 seconds in I looked at AJ and said this fight's over because I couldn't believe how much faster Floyd was than Pacquiao. Watching them separately, I thought it'd be closer. I knew a second that he was that much faster that the fight was over because I know what kind of defensive fighter Floyd is and I'm sure everybody gets bored and falls asleep rounds seven through 12 but I'm just 
completely like infatuated with boxing and understood the chess moves that he was playing out in the ring and enjoyed that, even though I know it's not commercially rah-rah, high energy. I view myself very similar as a businessman. I react, I play, it, it's funny, I feel like I'm on full offense. I feel like I'm 48 no because I play great defense based on reacting. I can react to the market and adjust. The market started coming to me because I was writing Crush It, putting out videos around business and amassing a large social media following and big brands reached out to me and said, hey, you've got all these people, you know, like, you know, hey, we're a Fortune 500 company, we have 50 followers on Twitter, you have 400,000 followers, we've never heard of you, come and teach us, come explain. Plus moments in time, AJ was graduating from BU, uh, it was time to do a business together, we were thinking about fantasy sports, we were thinking about other things, and so, between timing and being reactionary to the demand cycle. I like, re, I like responding to the demand that was in place. I was already playing in the space. It wasn't like I just made something up or there was demand for me out of left field that made no sense. I was, my actions were setting up my counterpunch. My actions were setting up my counterpunch. I think it's a very strong model for business. Hey Gary, I'm Darius Neighbors and I'm doing a 59 week, 59 National Park road trip to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. I'm quitting my job and I was wondering how I can use social media to get sponsorships. Thank you. Darius, uh, you're using social media to get sponsorship right now, right? Your actions are leading you to what you want. You hacked your way into the show uh, and now you're on the show and now you've got a bunch of exposure, all the people watching and listening. I thought that was really clever. I'm sure five to seven of the viewers also agree that it's clever. One of those five to seven may have a business proposition. Um, But I think the number one way for you to get sponsorship is to search terms on Twitter around national parks and see which businesses are already engaging by putting out content or engaging with content around it and then replying to them in a conversation, not throwing the right hook right away, but saying, hey, you know, here's, here's a picture I put on Instagram. I think content, Instagram, Meerkat, uh, you know, I think these things matter. So I think it's a heavy level of content, putting it out there and creating some level of serendipity. I think it's hacking and hustling and biz debbing, which you clearly know how to do because you're now on this show and getting that exposure. I think you reach out to every other blog that covers national parks, the top 50 big ones, and just pound them into submission there. I'm fine with right hooks in email form or hitting them up on social. And then in the cocktail party that is Twitter, engaging with companies that have money to spend on sponsorship that are already talking about counterpunching. Already, that's Floyd's shoulder thing he does. Uh, counterpunching and, and engaging with content in Twitter uh, as it's going on now. So that's that's what I would do. Solid advice. <laughs> Andrew asks, how will Instagram evolve in the future? You know, Andrew, I took this question without really even knowing where the heck uh, I'm going with it because the truth is I'm not quite sure. You know, I think that, uh, I think one thing's for sure is if Instagram ever layers Facebook's targeting capabilities on its platform to users, it would become one of the great ad products of our time for you know 2016, 2017 to 2020. There'd be a two to four year run there, it would be incredible. So that's interesting to me. Will they use its sister company's data to plug in there to reach the people I wanna reach? If I could reach all wine fans right now based on Facebook data in an Instagram photo, uh, so that's interesting. I also think that um, I also think it'll be interesting to to see if if Instagram goes into wearables or into more camera culture. There's something about smart you know smart cameras in a whole different way than we we're even thinking about it. Maybe here's a good one. What about smart contact lenses? Like if I wore contact lenses and if I went, it would take an Instagram photo. 
That's interesting to me. So like, how does Instagram layer into the emerging tech that a lot of people don't talk about? Um, that's cool. And so I'm not quite sure. Here's what I do know. It has the attention of the consumer at scale right now. They're doing very subtle changes. They had a product change the other day, right? The UI changed a little bit. Didn't, it was so subtle, right? Like I almost, I noticed it, but I didn't hear a headline about it. I noticed it and it didn't stop me in any way. I thought that was super interesting. It was a subtle, you guys, I see you guys are, right? It was a subtle, do you, did, did you like it? Do you not like it? What, did you even think about it? It's just more aesthetically pleasing. Is it more aesthetically yeah, pleasing for you? it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, just super subtle. Also, it's all like symbols now. It doesn't say like or comment. Yeah. Right, just knows. That we've just evolved, right, in our language. Anyway, so, and there's hashtag emojis, and you know, from what I know about Kevin Systrom, who I respect a ton, and I know lightweight, I know a little bit, but I really know more from afar, he's a very thoughtful uh, CEO. I think he cares about the product and the audience tremendously. Uh, obviously, my first answer right away into commerce business, you know, that's how I roll. But I think he's really, you know, consumer first. He understands it needs to stay sticky. Don't spam it out, don't ruin it. I'm interested in the kind of contact lens thing that I brought up and some maybe you know, far-fetched, far out, I like saying far out, uh, just, some, you know, just some forward thinking around the hardware. Something about the hardware in Instagram makes me excited. I think it's gonna evolve past the phone and I think that has the potential to be extremely intriguing. I, I think, I, I'll make a prediction, I don't make predictions, I only react to what's happening, but I'll make one for fun. I think Instagram will be a leader in the next level hardware version of photos because I think it'll happen in the next three or four years and I think Instagram can hold on to its leadership. Um, bonus question? Yeah, let's do the bonus question. Green Stripes Auto asked the very important question of Star Wars or Star Trek? Green Stripes Auto, I am way, I mean, I don't like Star Trek at all and Star Wars is the only thing that I like in sci-fi. I love the story, I grew up on it, Empire Strikes Back, 1980, 81, 82, when was I, five? We were in Dover, 80, 81, right? It was an 80, movie came out, 81, the toys. 19, I think for my sixth birthday, with Misha's sixth birthday coming up at the end of the month, this is kind of an emotional, nice thing to think about, which is insane. My parents bought me two Star Wars figures for my sixth birthday. I'm pretty firm that that's what it was. And I remember completely being blown away because we didn't spend money on toys. We were fairly poor still, grinding, trying to make our way. And I remember being stunned that they were willing to buy me two action figures. It was a big deal for me. Star Wars was a big part of my six, seven, eight year old culture. They were my first kind of toys that we could afford. I was a really like, kind of chaotic kid, so I'd lose the lightsabers immediately. I was in toothpick culture immediately. I used to have to use toothpicks as lightsabers. I'm a big fan. Return of the Jedi was something I was really amped up for because then we moved to Edison. I had friends, 84, super pumped, opening night, midnight for when it came back. I'm not even mad at Jar Jar Biggs, Bings, whatever, you know, Biggs. And so uh, uh, I've been into it. I'm into the story. I'm very, I will definitely go Christmas day to see the new one. And, uh, and I don't like Star Trek at all. I don't think, I've never watched any of the movies. Um, I've collected some of the toys and flipped them, um, but, but uh, that's just that eBay culture. But I've never liked that stuff. I don't like Star Trek at all. I just like you, Star Trek. I'm sorry. Um, and that's that. Question of the day. What's a good question? I got one. So actually, we have to go back and figure out who got the jerseys right. I was uh, did, there was some, I'm sure there's plenty, right? No, not that many. Not that many, okay, so help me with that. Okay. All right, and if you actually won, tweet at Stefan, put up his thing here, and help that speed up that pop part. And then number two, question of the day, 
Both. I need the NBA and the NHL team. Who will win the Stanley Cup? Who will win the NBA Finals? If somebody gets both right, we will recall that as well. I'm in prize mode. I'm very, I'm very Oprah out these days. I want to give stuff away. What's going on with the wristbands? Wristbands are you guys are doing it today? It's today. Oh, Andy K went on vacation at the right time. So, and Zach, oh, that's why he was. Oh, and Andrew, oh, Jesus, the dope dad. Anyway, uh, wristbands on the way, uh, and uh, you keep asking questions, and I'll keep answering them. I'm ready. I think Star Trek, Star Wars. Uh, uh. Yep. On this episode. 